Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Jim Mafuccio. Jim, are you ready to do this? Ready to go, George. Let's do it. Excellent. Let's do this. Jim is the founder of Aspen Funds. He has deep expertise in the mortgage note industry, maintaining key relationships with hedge funds, note buyers and sellers, and key service providers. I'm excited to have you on. Jim, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, sure, George. So uh, personally, uh, I have a beautiful wife, Joy. We'll be married 36 years this coming uh, August. And no, we didn't get married when I was 10 years old, a <laughs> little older than that. And uh, five grown kids, three sons and two adopted daughters. They're all out and on their own. The nest is empty. We've moved to Colorado, running my company kind of virtually and enjoying the mountains on a pretty much daily basis. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations on all that. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and then running, like I said, I have a business partner and we're the co-principals and co-founders of Aspen Funds. And uh, we're really a, a distressed debt-based um, alternative investment providers, like the way we like to think of ourselves. So uh, I've got deep, deep experience in the real estate uh, domain. I've uh, been in uh, real estate one way or another, self-employed for about 33 years. And prior to that, I was a civil engineer. So made the entrepreneurial switch back in 1986 and have not looked back since. Outstanding. All right. That was before it was as popular as it is today. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. So, so how did you, how, how did you come upon the, uh, your, your area of focus? Well, that's a, yeah, that's interesting. So uh, I had been a, a developer, a residential developer in Southern California and going through two pretty significant roller coaster ups and downs, uh, realizing that uh, it's really difficult to be on and, and you know, having leveraged uh, development properties, non-cash flowing, you know, you don't get paid until the development's a success and then you make a big windfall at the end. But if your timing's wrong, you, uh, you make some other kind of a fall at the end. <laughs> and so, uh, I went through two of the most significant, uh, corrections, the most recent being the mortgage crisis, of course, of 2008. And at the end of the day, I realized, you know, being debt is debt financing is the key to real estate. What's happening in the, in the debt markets and the money markets really drives how you're going to do on the, in the real estate on, on the, uh, on the asset side of the business. So, I kind of had an epiphany back in the 2010 time frame when, by the way, I was, I mean, I was dead broke at that point. All I had was a really good resume and a lot of experience. And I decided, you know, I want to look at, you know, what it, what it means to be the bank or be on the other side of the debt equation. And instead of owning the property and the other person having the big stick being that, that lender, I, I'm going to see what it, if there's a possibility to get over on the other side of that. So of course at that time there was all kinds of, uh, Debts go, uh, loans going into default. The the banks and institutions were hemorrhaging, and uh, offloading what was you might remember the term toxic assets. Sure. And uh, so everybody started jumping into the short sale game or the buy the uh, REOs when the bank owns the property. And I said, well, let's go even further upstream and start looking at buying the the paper when it goes bad because these institutions cannot hold that stuff on their books because of the way they're regulated and the way their business model structured. So I saw a pretty, uh, pretty outstanding 
opportunity there and pretty much decided to jump into that with both feet in 2011 and then I partnered up with my business partner and co-founder Bob Frazier in 2012 and we have just built this thing now for uh, what seven years and we just keep growing and it's just been a wonderful business um, all the way around. Got it. Okay. So you just, you recognized an opportunity and then figured out how to do it. And now right. you've been doing it for a long time. So, okay. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's probably a lot of people out there that, that aren't aware that you could actually do that, but just walk me through some of the benefits, why somebody would want to be investing in notes. Well, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of differences between owning a paper and owning property. Uh, and I'm not going to bash owning property because I ac actually think a combination is good, but you can control a lot more value and a lot more real estate uh, with with notes because, uh, you know, you don't have the I, I hate to be cliche, but you don't have the tenants, toilets and trash issues sure. uh, unless you have to foreclose and take the property back. But there's there's actually a pretty well built out infrastructure in the paper space for uh, servicers, subservicers, and vendors, loss mitigation companies. So it's a very clean business. Uh, and you know, you really are in, you're in that, that, that key position when you're the person that holds the, holds the paper, you know, if, if things don't work out for the equity holder or the, of the property, then, you know, guess who gets the property. And um, again, that's not the play we're in. We're not after properties. Uh, we prefer for people to be able to stay in. But we can, like I said, we can control a lot more value, a lot more cleanly. I can work virtually. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, we're a small company. We're, we're between 15 and 20 people and we're spread out. I think we're in five states. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a very clean business and it's a very leverage. It, it leverage of your, your time and ingenuity uh, rather than leverage of your dollars. And I think that everybody who's listening to this is interested in leveraging both time and ingenuity. So, okay. So how, how does, how, how does one get started? Why doesn't everybody do it? Well, that's interesting because there's actually a pretty growing number of uh, people that are, that are uh, becoming educated and jumping in. Uh, there's actually a number of conferences that happen on an annual basis. I, that's actually how I built this business is on conferences and, and actually webinars and podcasts is where I started getting the ideas and I started going on searches online and the information is out there. So, I mean, if people want to reach out to us at the end, we'll give some contact info and we can direct them. We're not an educator. I mean, that's not our primary purpose, but we're very, uh, open-handed about sharing uh, information and where a person can go to get started. But honestly, if you did a, a Google or a YouTube search for how to, you know, become a node investor, you'd, you'd be inundated with information and most of it's good. You have to wade through it. And then I would say go to some of the industry conferences and start making contacts and networking with people. Like I said, we built this business on conferences. Some of the key people that work for us, actually, I met at conferences. In fact, one was a conference speaker and we snagged him. And, uh, and a lot of our sources, people we buy from, and now we sell because we've gotten big enough now that we do, we do, we do some reselling of the, of the paper that we buy. So it's out there. It's like anything. Once you stick your nose in the tent and start snooping <laughs> around, you can find the information. Right. Okay. So the actual nuts and bolts of it, are we talking about residential real estate notes? We have, uh, Aspen funds has, has particularly focused on, uh, residential notes and even more specifically kind of an I call it a niche within a niche we are actually mostly in the junior lien business so we and this sounds like insanity 
to your listeners who are, uh, you know, familiar with real estate, all things real estate, including finance. And we actually buy defaulted second mortgages. Uh, we prefer to buy those where the first mortgage ahead of us is performing. And uh, in the most, in, for the most part, we like there to be some equity coverage above that first mortgage. But we've even made a lot of money buying defaulted less than five cents on the dollar. Um, you know, it it, uh, it it starts making sense because people people are not uh, really in a hurry to get rid of their home. If they're making the payments on the first, we know that there there's what we call emotional equity, not just uh, financial equity. So. They're, uh, they're, they have incentive to stay and we have incentive to help them stay. And we can turn a five cent uh, on the dollar purchase price in, into a 35 to 40 uh, percent number pretty easily just by, by making a, uh, a workable solution for them. Got it. OK. Wow. Interesting. And that's one side of our business, George. The other side is we actually have uh, also have we've built funds around uh, buying performing paper. So we buy reperforming notes that have been modified by other funds and and even and even um, originate some hard money cash flows. So we have uh, passive investors that want, you know, just mailbox money. They want a straight, decent, high high single digit return secured by cash flowing assets. And then on our non-performing loan mortgage side, we we have a, a profit split with our investors. And, um, and there's a little bit high, there's quite a bit higher returns there because they're taking the risk. That's actually like rehabbing the paper versus buying rentals. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Okay. So for people who are listening, is there, um, is there a minimum amount of money that they have to have that they're interested in putting towards this? Well, that, that really depends on how they want to enter into it. You know, if somebody wants to be a player and, you know, buy and sell notes or buy and work out notes, I mean, you can buy you can you can buy one, two, three notes. There's people out there that'll sell you a single note, and there's even exchanges that you can go to. You know, you're you're you know you're you're taking a risk because if you're buying non-performing loans, and you buy a basket of ten, let's just say, um, you know, maybe one or two of them are going to be throwaways or or, or a very little value. Uh, maybe two or three of them are going to be anywhere from a double to a triple or a home run. Um, and then the rest in the middle are going to be a lot of work to get your money back plus a little. But at the end of the day, what, what I've found is the, the larger of a stake that you jump in with, you, you spread your risks. And at the end of the day, you'll make a uh, you, you should make a decent return for your for your work. I mean, it is work on the non-performing side. If somebody just wants to buy the cash flows, they have to say they're sitting on some a decent amount of capital. You know, however much capital you have to deploy, there's a way to uh, to get into this business either by buying notes yourself you can buy partials of notes or you can invest in a mortgage fund and uh, again I'm not soliciting investors on this call for our funds we have a you know qualifications people have to go through I would say you can get some information from us by visiting our website but uh you know we're just happy to share the the opportunity and there's all there's all different ways to get in but to answer your question you can get into this thing with you know five thousand dollars or you can get into it with a million i started with zero absolutely zero i did my homework studied the model convinced myself it would work and then i went and got uh, two or three investors to come behind me we went out and started buying handfuls of these notes and, and I, I was uh, working them out myself so got it and what would constitute a home run oh gosh a home run would be um, well, I could think of some really crazy ones. I won't even tell those. A home run would be I buy a non-performing mortgage for, uh, let's just say the mortgage balance is $70,000. I'll 
I buy that mortgage for $7,000. It's a non-performing loan. We're able to successfully reach the, the borrower and uh, the borrower isn't in denial, comes up, sticks their head up out of the sand and says, yeah, I'm willing to work with you. What can you do for me? They realize we're not out to get them. We're not the bad guys. That's because we're a private equity fund. We can do things that banks couldn't do for them. So we, we look at their finances and we come up with a modification wherein they're able to keep their home, stay in the home. We've eaten maybe, I'll just give an example of a real case. We've eaten maybe... 20 or $30,000 of their debt, just basically forgiven it over time. We've put them in a payment plan that they truly can afford. And then we've created a new cash flow or reperforming loan, which is still worth maybe $25,000 on the, on the, on the resale market. So we took a $7,000 investment, made it worth 25,000, kept the homeowner in the home and solved the problem from the financial institutions. Now I got to tell you, that's actually not a home run. That's, that's a bread and butter that's a double or a triple and we hit those all day long that's really the bulk of our outcomes are the scenario that I just uh, expressed the home runs would be somebody's walked away from the property we foreclosed from second on a $20,000 investment and all of a sudden we've got $300,000 of equity with the property that we just took over and we've actually had you know a handful of those but to me the the, the beauty of this business George is that uh, if we're on our game it's a win-win-win and the institutions that created and that had the, the, the junk paper, they win because they get out of it. Uh, the homeowner wins if they'll work with us because they get to stay in their home. And then we win because we make, you know, tremendous returns for our investors. And really, that's what feels that in, in my heart of hearts, that's a home run, even though financially it may not be the best outcome. Yeah, no, I appreciate that very much. And now I understand why you say that working on the non-performing side takes work because you're obviously having to figure out how to get a hold of somebody. They're having to, to, to get back in touch with you or at least entertain the conversation and then put it all together. Right. So, right. And of course, I just want to say, say this so that every, anybody listening that's interested in this has this piece of information. I do not, we, we have a team. I mean, we've actually hired a sophisticated, uh, uh, group of bankers that, that have, have been worked for banks for many, many years, a couple of decades in some cases. And we have set up our own outreach loss mitigation office and they're super regulatory compliance minded. This, this uh, reaching out directly to borrowers is not for the faint hearted. And it's a, uh, it's, it's very, it's a very regulated field and you definitely want to learn what you're doing before you start doing that. There are servicers and other third-party companies that are licensed that you can you can hire to do that work for you. I strongly, strongly, strongly advise that for anybody jumping into this business today, uh, you do not want to uh, be chased down by one of these regulatory agencies. So be careful. No, I think that's probably amazing advice right there. You want yeah. to stay out of the crosshairs of any regulatory that, agency. That's right. So, that's right. I, so I appreciate that. Okay. So this is something that, like like you talked about, you could enter into the space with millions of dollars or five thousand dollars. You even got into it with 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 no money, um, but you think that this is a, an opportunity to maybe change the way that people think about their retirements. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a uh, you know I'm not on the capital side of our business as far as the you know investor relations and whatnot, but I mean we have people. You know, that have been, for instance, you know, in, in our in our income fund, which, again, is just mailbox money for them. We have people that were hard money lenders that might go out and, 
you know, maybe they've got a million dollars and they go out and they deploy their money directly to fix and flippers or whatever. And they'll earn, you know, anywhere from, you know, in California, they're doing these deals in the single digits, you know. Uh, but, you know, so let's say anywhere from high single digits into the mid double digits is the return they're used to making on their money. But they have to go find the deals, vet the deals, hope that the deals pay. And then and then then when they get their money back, they're back to square one. They got to go back out and find the next deal. So with a with a with a mortgage fund, a um, great passive in, in investment strategy is, you know, invest in a fund that might pay you, you know, eight, eight and a half, nine percent as a preferred return. And guess what? Once you invest your money with a fund, you can invest it in whatever increment you want. And then it's it's set it and forget it. You know, I mean, we go out and find the deals. And instead of your money being in one, you know, let's say fix and flip down in San Diego, your money is actually spread out over hundreds or thousands of mortgages. Your your risk is spread incredibly and it's spread geographically. So we're, we like markets that are, we like safe, boring markets like the Midwest to have a lot of our, uh, our mortgages backed by those assets because, uh, you know, frankly, we don't like a lot of surprises. And, and sure. if we do run into defaults, uh, instead of you having to run over to the neighborhood to see what's going on with your fix and flip deal, you know, we, we have all the mechanisms in place. To, to cure that problem on, on the loan. So it's a great passive investment strategy to invest in a mortgage fund or, or buy performing mortgages directly yourself, but kind of spread the risk around. Got it. Well, Jim, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, I would say, you know, a lot of people out there would say, uh, you know, uh, make a lot of money so that you can buy back your freedom and your time so that you can do what you really want to do with your life. I, I'm a little bit different than that. I say, no, actually, Actually, do something with your life that's actually also income generating that you really love to do. And usually for most people, when it comes down to it, that that truly does reduce down to the principle of, you know, find a legitimate problem out there that you are uh, that resonates with you on the inside and figure out how to fix it and become an expert, get focused on it. And uh, drill that well until it's producing. Don't chase. Don't get the shiny object syndrome. So find a need that resonates with your inner person and focus on that thing. And uh, then you can enjoy making the money as well as the things you can do with the money once you decide that you're done, you know, pushing the plow on a, on a daily or weekly basis. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. And Jim, thank, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Best thing to do would be to visit our uh, our website. It's aspenfunds.us. That's a s p e n f u n d s. dot u s. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jim your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to aspenfunds.us. Check out everything that they're working on. I'll list that in the notes of the show as well. Thanks again, Jim. All right. Thank you, George. Pleasure. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it, and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course, 
and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.